Justin Ferguson joins us on the Auburn Make phone line. Justin, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, I see. I was looking, perusing your Twitter here earlier today. Not that I was stalking you or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But you you seem to really, really like the new leadoff hitter for the Gwinnett Stripers. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love rehab assignments in baseball whenever, like, you know, triple A or you know, sometimes you even get it further down, uh, when, when, when players get to come, you know, kinda uh, give it give it a shot with the minor league team just to keep you know, get get back going to hundred percent and Ronald Acuna's uh, batting lead off tonight for Gwinnett, so that's a really good sign about his return. They're playing him in the outfield. He's not just a DH, which is really uh, good because the Braves definitely need his help in the outfield defensively. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it would just be cool just for, you know, if you're a, a fan of the Braves and obviously close to close to the um, to the home ballpark, if, if you're in Gwinnett and you're, like, going to a game tonight, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah Ronald Acuna is going to be the leadoff hitter tonight. That's so where I'm from. You get to watch him for cheap. I think that's uh, I think that says a lot about not only you know where Ronald Acuna is in the uh, in the rehab process, but also where the Braves really really need help is that they're not easing them in by putting them at the DH, letting them get a few games where he can swing a few and then put them out in the outfield. They're just putting them right in that leadoff position and playing right field. It's uh, they need him bad. Yeah, they need him badly in the outfield. The defense uh, for the Braves right now not great in the outfield without him. Um, you know, and Acuna's not just like you know, elite, elite defender, but he would be an upgrade from what they have. It would, it would allow you to put Azuna or some of those guys at the DH spot, um, just make it a whole lot better. Uh, you know, the Braves have not played super well, obviously, to start the year, but, um, you know, it, when teams are, um, you know, when teams are getting on base as frequently as, as they are against the Braves on, on non hard hit balls, um, you just got to upgrade your defense, and Acuna at full speed is definitely a guy that can help you out there. Well, Justin, this is the first time we've gotten to talk to you since uh, spring football wrapped up, and that's what everybody wants to know is uh, you know the questions surrounding the football team heading into next season. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from spring practice now that's wrapped up here? I think the two big ones for me um, were just kind of finding the depth and, and establishing some new guys. Now, on the defensive side, this is a defense that does not have a ton of depth in terms of scholarship guys right now. Um, and so they need to do some stuff up. Um, you know, the defensive line, you know, the, the, the secondary um, has kind of lead dogs, but who's going to be that next wave? Uh, and then at linebacker specifically, and I thought Cam Riley and West Steiner played really, really well in the 8-8 game. Uh, I thought the, the second uh, team linebackers also did a really good job. But without Owen Papo right now, as he recovers from his injuries from last season, no Zacoby McClain, no Chandler Wooten, um, you know, who was going to step up at linebacker? And I thought, um, you know, I was kind of pleasantly surprised by how well the linebackers played uh, throughout spring ball, and especially during the A-Day game. On the offensive side, I think you weren't going to get very many answers, um, you know, from the quarterback spot. But uh, the fact that we are now talking more about Robbie Ashford uh, than we probably did coming into camp um, says a lot. I thought he played really, really well. I think he brings kind of a, a dynamic uh, kind of running ability and, um, you know, a different style to that room and that competition, of course. 
you know, Zach Calzada wasn't 100%. So, you know, he would have gotten more reps. Um, it's going to be an even battle. It's going to go into into the fall. We all know that. Uh, but the fact that we saw Robbie Astrid play well and uh, in the 8-8 game and, and that he, you know, came on strong towards the end of uh, spring practices, I think says a lot because I didn't think he was necessarily the guy a lot of people were going to be talking about uh, at that position. And uh, lo and behold, he's become a quick uh, fan favorite off of, you know, just what we what were able to see here recently. You know, we you know you talk about Robbie Ashford there, and a lot of the talk coming into spring camp with Zach Calzada not being able to be a hundred percent go was that this was T.J. Finley's time to kind of separate himself away. Why do you think it, it uh, Robbie Ashford? I know you know all the the um, the uh, his physical traits. He's really really good athlete. How do you what what do you think it, it says that uh, Robbie Ashford was able to come in so quickly and catch up to T.J. Finley? Yeah, I think it's just this is a guy who's finally getting a real opportunity. Um, you know, he spent last two years at Oregon, um, you know, behind uh, you know some experienced guys at quarterback. So this is not a this is not a dude who's new to college football. He's not new to the you know new to practices or anything like that at this level. He's new to the offense, uh, but I think he's got that kind of foundation that was able to let him kind of hit the ground running. And it's a true open quarterback battle. There is no real clear favorite uh, right now. Um, whereas I think at Oregon he was in a spot where it was going to be tough for him to break through. So I think it's just being closer to home, having just kind of a, a more open opportunity uh, to be the quarterback. I think um, really said a lot, and um, you know he worked hard. He put in he put in the effort, and uh, I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about in the fall. Yeah, so this is TJ's you know second year in the in the system, um, and you know from from the A-Day game, you kind of saw that, you know, he didn't really separate himself um, from the rest like he was kind of expected to. What did you think, you know, kind of concerned you? Because I still feel like it's his his spot to lose almost. But mm-hmm. what do you think kind of concerned you about, you know, why he didn't make that make that leap? Yeah, I think the thing with TJ is just kind of what we saw from him last year. Um, he's kind of got some of what I think uh, was kind of Bo Nix's issues when he was a quarterback, starting quarterback here, where it's like, yeah, he's obviously you know got got talent, right? You know, he can make some really good throws. He's huge. He's got yeah. a cannon for an arm. Um, it's just the consistency, right? You know, he made some really good throws in A Day, and then he also missed some kind of easier ones. It's just he's got to develop that kind of consistency that you need. To play quarterback at a high level, um, you know, you, you definitely can can see, you know, where he can be a really good quarterback. It just needs to come a lot more frequently. Um, so I mean, you know, that that stuff doesn't come overnight. Um, I, I think that's something he's got to continue to to work on. But you know, also you got to keep in mind with the spring game that was just one of fifteen practices. That was just one of three scrimmages. Um, so you know, Brian Harson and a lot of folks have been talking really highly about him. Um, you know how how well he did in spring. So. Even though he didn't kind of blow anybody away uh, in the spring game, uh, I think there was some development. I think there was some progress. You just got to see a lot more of it on a consistent basis uh, for him to be the quarterback Auburn needs. Justin, one of the things that did not look very good at A-Day was uh, was the running game. Uh, the running game struggled mightily, but uh, one of the one of the reasons for that might be that the the offensive line was very banged up. Four of the five possible starters were not were not playing in that game. So, do you think that once those guys come back, do you think the running game is going to improve, or do you think that running the ball is going to be a significant problem for Auburn this year? Yeah, you know, last year they didn't run the ball particularly well against quality competition. That That is a red flag. Um, uh, but, you know, I can't really say too much about what we saw in the spring game just because, like you said, yeah, four of the five guys uh, that, that were that – were, uh, 
possible starters just aren't, aren't out there uh, right now. And there's a couple other guys that are you know fighting for playing time, fighting for starting jobs. It's just not nearly uh, a complete view of what's going on at that position. On, on the flip side there, with that, it's just Auburn's defensive line is really good, especially that first team uh, defensive line. Uh, when you have Marcus Harris and Colby Wooden and what Jason Jones brings to the table and a number of guys like that, it's just going to be hard to run the ball uh, against those dudes behind a banged-up offensive line. So um, that's the thing. It's just kind of like a wait-and-see kind of thing, right? I, I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, they'll obviously be a lot better running the ball um, this year because of the experience they bring back. Last season, they were not you know, efficient running the ball, um, and the offensive line's got to get it better. We just didn't get a good look at it in the spring. So, you know, it just, it, I think it's just going to be one of those things that we don't really know an answer uh, until the fall. And that's, you know, I can see where that's kind of frustrating to some fans, but um, this is kind of the fact of the matter. The, the priority for that offensive line here in camp was to get everybody healthy again. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, coming into um, year two with Harson, uh, obviously, you know, there was a lot of you know off season issues or speculation things that went on. Um, what do you think he wants to come out into this season and prove to you know maybe not only to fans but to media, maybe to himself, uh, maybe even to the the powers that be at Auburn. Yeah, I think the number one priority is you got to be better than you were last season, right? You got to show progress, um, you know, and that's going to be tough because this roster is not as talented as the one that was here last season, and the schedule is only getting tougher, um, especially away from home. So, uh, I think you know, 2021 is going to go down as a missed opportunity for him. They've got to build off of that. You know, they got to show that. Um, the program is going in the right direction that they are, um, you know, that, that you got to stay the course. Because the thing with Harson was like, even before all this stuff happened um, this offseason, we knew that this was going to be a long-term hire, right? This is not going to be a, you know, immediate, like, instant, you know, championship-winning success. He was going to have to build. You're now building in a tougher situation. You're building from behind a little bit. Um, but I just think the number one priority is that they've got to win more games. they got to be better on offense. That's like 1A and 1B. Um, and, you know, it's as simple as that. You, you don't want to get into a situation where um, you, you get at the end of your second year and it's like, well, the program's not in any better of a spot than it was this time last year. Um, that would be a really, really you know, tough spot for him to be in. So I think the top priority has got to be got to get better on offense uh, and win games, finish games. Um, you had an opportunity to be a much better team last season and you didn't, and so you've got to have a winning record. You've got to um, be much better on the, on the offensive side of the ball. And if you do that, I think a lot of the other stuff's going to take care of itself. Flipping the page over to basketball is, uh, I think, a lot of Auburn fans still in the basketball mode, watching all the transfer uh, stuff happen. Auburn basketball got a big five-star last week to sign uh, Treo coming up from LSU, uh, the recruiting ranks of LSU, over to the Auburn Tigers. And there's a lot of buzz around some of the new guys coming in visiting the Tigers this week. What have, your been, what have been your thoughts about Bruce Pearl's job so far in the transfer portal? And then are you hearing anything about uh, potential guys coming uh, who could potentially be signing with the Tigers next, if anybody? Yeah, no, I think they're going to end up getting one, at least one more big-name guy in the, in the front court. Uh, uh, Janai Baroom is going to be the, the big name to watch there. Uh, Moorhead State, 6'10", um, big center, one of the best rim protectors in the country last season. I think he's the best kind of plug-and-play option if you're looking to replace Walker Kessler that you have in the portal. Great rebounder, uh, athletic, runs the floor well. 
um, more of an inside scorer, more of a guy that you can kind of uh, you know, throw lob it down there in there and let him work, um, kind of offensive weapon than Kessler was. So it'd be very interesting to see what he could bring to the table uh, there. They're also going after uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, uh, who was a five star. From Tennessee, really good power forward. Um, just was behind a lot of experienced dudes um, at Tennessee this past season, and um, he hit the portal. I think Auburn would love to see if they could like pull off a uh, a Walker Kessler 2.0 um, there and say, okay, well, you're a five star. You didn't get a ton of playing time in your first spot. Well, we we love your game, and we 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 think that you could you know be a a big time player um, you know for us. So he's supposed to be visiting later this weekend. Um, there's going to be a lot of people fighting for his signature. That'll be interesting to see. The backcourt is where I'm interested in the most with Auburn just because it's kind of up in the air. Auburn's reached out to some guards and wings that would make sense bringing in, but they have not been able to land anyone, haven't really been able to get like super serious in contention for them. There's still a lot of time, obviously. I think Auburn could use another guard, wing type of player, uh, to replace what you lose in Devin Cambridge um, going to Arizona State. So um, some more size, some more three-point ability. But, you know, the, the thing there is just this, um, there's no real, like, clear name at the moment. Um, so I'll be very interested to see. You know, once it seems like what happens with Broom and Huntley Hatfield, um, you know, kind of where Auburn goes from there. Yeah, so say we do get Broom and, and Huntley Hatfield, where who would you probably expect that might leave the program after that um, with Auburn that might already, you know, be with us? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think the thing there is, is just I don't want to, like, speculate on anybody possibly leaving, but right. I would think it would just be kind of like, you know, kind of like what you saw with Cambridge, right? Yeah. Guys that are down on the depth chart that, you know, just might have a harder time finding playing time, might look around and say, you know what, um, I enjoyed being here at Auburn, but, you know, I could go somewhere else. So I, I just think anybody who wouldn't be a returning starter, a key guy, especially in the front court, if they were able to get both of those dudes, um, it would kind of create – some some tough spots for some dudes to be in and I think they would have to come to the decision where like, all right, do I want to stay on this team and know that I'm not gonna get a ton of playing time or do I want to go ahead and, and, and you know you know get a shot elsewhere. So um, yeah, I mean I think I, I think if they bring in multiple guys, they've still got room. They can still got some spots to play around with. Um, but you know, I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all if we if we see another departure from Auburn. Not not you know, not there being, you know, some sort of something wrong with the program it would just be you know guys trying to make the best decisions for themselves after seeing how the roster shakes out he's justin ferguson he writes about auburn football and basketball also podcasts about it for the auburnobserver.com uh justin i i gotta ask I've, I've seen it on twitter all day today brunch yeah what about it <laughs> who, who made it who, who who which side are you on Oh, I'm in, I'm in I'm in favor for it. It's not it's not something I necessarily do very often, but this this started from a conversation uh, Painter and I had on our podcast that went up this morning. Um, we're talking about Easter, where I was like, you know, what do you eat for Easter? And it's like ham. And then he was and Painter was also making the assumption like, you know, brunch is a big deal now. And then that got yeah. into a discussion of like when was brunch and it, it's okay. apparently been around for a very very long time. But social media and, and very basic white people have made it feel like it's kind of a newer thing. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the, the crux of all that. Um, you awesome. know, as a basic white person, I am for a brunch. Though. 
Well, that is good to know. Uh, if you want to hear the brunch conversation, make sure you go and subscribe to the Auburn Observer with Justin Ferguson, Painter Sharpless. They do a great, great job over there. Final question for you, sports-related-wise. Uh, yep. Justin, how fun has it been, at least for the first two games, to watch this Warriors team back in the playoffs? Yeah, it feels like it feels like the old ways again. <laughs> this team's got kind of a vibe of like pre-KD Warriors, which I mean, I, as a Warriors fan, I loved watching the KD era. But like, you know, this has got a team. They're playing awesome team defense. They've got they've got Nikola Jokic, who is one of the best players on the planet, in trouble uh, a lot of times. Um, you know, when he's out there, so. You know, it's just been a lot of fun. Jordan Poole was a guy that I did not think was going to be very good Absolute um, stud. For, for for Golden State, and then he's kind of blown up here recently. Clay getting back to his old way, Steph getting healthy. Um, it, it's all kind of worked out. So uh, it is a team that is kind of very strength in numbers, uh, which was their old slogan before, you know, kind of the KD era uh, came through. So there'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how far they're going to go. I don't know, you know, what kind of staying power they have because I watched them enough in the regular season to know this could all kind of come down quick. But um, it's been a lot of fun. So it, it, is, it is good to see a team like that um, having that success in the playoffs again just because uh, it's been a minute. It, it has been a minute since, since we've got to see a team from the Warriors, uh, of the Warriors um, you know, be, that, be this good and this, this fun to watch. He's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, give us, a, give us a preview of what you got coming up here from the Observer this week. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow morning's uh, newsletter is about Wendell Green Jr. I found some numbers uh, from him to, about him today that are, were pretty mind-blowing. I did not uh, expect to see some of these that popped up. So um, really, really high on what Wendell Green Jr. could look like in another year at Auburn. Um, so there's a big kind of in-depth breakdown. I'm trying to do one of these for every player coming back to the team. Did one on Jalen Williams a couple weeks ago. So Wendell is going to be the focus tomorrow. Uh, if you sign up at the Observer, uh, you can get that in your inbox tomorrow morning. Thank you so much, Justin. Always for the time. Can't wait to talk to you again next week and can't wait to have you back in the studio very, very soon. Absolutely. See you all.